Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug, get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome to season three of a most unusual tea party where we use the letter T to unlock a person's story, giving us an unusual look into the mystery guests who join me at the table. I'm Teresa Abram, a handwriting analyst and graphologist, and if you are curious about decoding the messages of the subconscious mind, then pour yourself a mug of something yummy and join me at the table. This season of the podcast, I don't know my guests before they join me at the table. All I know is their name, what their handwriting looks like, and that my mug is on hand. But before I spill the tea on what I'm drinking, you're going to find out who our mystery guest is at the same time I do, and you're going to find out what their love language is. So without further ado, let's find out who our mystery guest is today. Today on the Tea Party, I have Emily Von Stratton joining me, and I'm very excited to get to know Emily a little bit better. Welcome to the Tea Party, Emily. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. I think this is going to be lots of fun. You and I follow each other on Instagram. And so I sort of have an idea of who you are, but I don't actually know who you really are. So Emily, what is it that you do? Um, so actually, I'll, I'll date it back a little bit to last year. Um, so last May, I actually had the bright idea to start my own business, which was terrifying in itself, but I knew I was passionate about it. So I just ran with it. I am a human resources slash business consultant. What I do is I help businesses from all over. I do local businesses, but I do, you know, remote businesses as well um, and help them with different HR needs, whether it's they're recruiting and they need help with the interview or job posting. I help with creating policies and procedures because everyone loves those so much. And just, I do a different business consulting too. So I've created websites for people and done social media, um, just kind of all around the park. And I love what I do. I'm, I'm really passionate about HR. I think I bring a unique perspective to it. I like to call myself the status quo challenger, um, just because things have been done the same way for the last 20 years doesn't mean they have to stay that way. So I like to see change in workplaces and I like to bring that change about and so when you say you you bring a unique perspective, what does that really mean to you? I, I don't know. I tend to call myself a shit disturber and I can't think of a better word to describe myself right now, but I get people to question what they do. I always bring up the question, why, you know, they, I ask them, you know, what, what are you working on right now? Or, or how are you dealing with, with this conflict? And, and they tell me, and I'm like, okay, but why? why are you doing it the way you're doing it? And do you think that there's a better way to do it? And I like bringing out that creative side in people or that innovative perspective to their mind because they're like, they start to question themselves. They're like, well, why do I do it that way? You know? And I like to open their mind up to the different possibilities of different ways to solve issues or work on efficiencies in their business. So really your job title is official shit disturber. Exactly. So you do have your own business. And what is the name of that business? So it's really just under my name. It's Emily Nicole. It's my first and middle name. Figured I'd run with it. The last name gets to be a little too confusing sometimes. I have a website, uh, Instagram. I have a blog, um, podcast coming soon. 
And I know that this is your first podcast experience, so I'm very honored to have you here with me today. Let's take a look at your tea. Your tea is very, it's very straightforward. It's, it almost looks like a plus sign, but it's a little bit oversized to be that. It's very, very consistent. It's always a straight stem with a nice T-bar crossing. The one thing that is quite striking is the fact that your T-bar crossing is even on both sides of the T-stem. And what that really means is you have the same amount of a crossing always in front as you do at the end. I mean, it's not always the exact same amount, but you always have a beginning, then it crosses the stem, and then you have something that happens afterwards. And that's actually quite striking because it's always that way. You never accidentally, you know, miss one side of that T-bar stem. It's always there. And that indicates to me that you are a planner. You're not one to leave something to the last minute. You're not going to do it on the fly. You are going to be a planner. You do not want to be rushed. Very true. Very true. <laughs> I am a, I'm an organizer. I have calendars everywhere. You can't see them right now. I'm hiding them. But I, yeah, I'm a planner. I have lists all the time. My to-do list for the day, to-do list for the week. Yeah, I don't like being rushed. <laughs> Yeah. And that really does show in that T, just the consistency that you have the crossing on both sides of the T stem shows that. The other thing that is also interesting about your T is that it's actually not very tall. A lot of the time your T is just a little bit higher than your middle letters, but it doesn't extend a lot into the upper zone. It doesn't, you know, rise high and float above them. It just stays fairly short. And that does tell me that you are somebody who marches to your own drum. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> the one part that I see also that I think, you know, you could maybe work on that just a little bit is the fact that your T-bar crossing, while it's always carefully planned out and you have that beginning part and you have the end part, is that it does happen to be a little bit lower on the T-stem. It's almost always happens either at halfway or below. And it often ends up being below the top of your middle zone. And when I talk about your middle zone, I'm talking about all of your vowels and the V's and the M's and the N's. And your T's end up a little bit below the tops of those. And so what that actually indicates is that you're keeping your goals very practical and easily achievable. But those same goals are not actually inspiring or challenging you. So it's my turn to be the shit disturber and say, honey, what are you doing about your goals? Yeah, that's weird. I have like goosebumps right now, to be totally honest with you. I have goals in my head. I just, I have a hard time sharing them. I have a hard time actually opening up and being like, this is what I want to do. I keep them to myself. I keep it quiet on the down low so that nobody knows about them. So that if I don't do them, then it's okay. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. It's like, you don't want to have that failure that having to say, oh, it didn't quite work. Yeah. I don't like dealing with failure. And there's something to keeping it on the down low, but then there's another thing to keeping it so on the down low that it's not even a possibility for you. It might be something that you just start to look at as you don't necessarily have to be shouting them from the treetops, but how can you make it just a little bit more real for you and something that you can actually be inspired by and challenged by and get excited that maybe you will fail. And oh, how exciting would that be? Yes. I could at least say I tried, right? And that's a big thing. That's a big thing. It is a big thing. And looking at your handwriting though, that would be a really big stretch for you. 
you do have signs of perfectionism in your handwriting where you do want everything to be just so your, your handwriting is a little bit stylized and what that means, that's kind of a specific term to say it's stylized. What that really means is that you have a clear idea of what you think attractive handwriting or in your case, printing looks like, and you set about achieving it. So it's very controlled. And that shows me that you're, you know, you want things to appear perfect and you are a little bit uncomfortable with people perhaps seeing some of the undesirable bits. Yeah, pretty much nailed that one on the head, Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly talking about it goal and failing sounds good, but I can also understand how that's going to cause you some anxiety. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, great. You're the shit disturber now. I will give you the title for the time being. Oh, I will wear that hat with pride while we are talking. Thank you, Emily. Of course. I will be sure to give it back to you at the end though. Okay, thank you, thank you. So that's all I'm really gonna talk about for the T because the other part of your handwriting that is just super duper striking and just leaps off the page at me is the way that you space your words. So word spacing is very much an unconscious area of handwriting that we just do. We really don't think about it. So it's really revealing when I see something that's a little bit of an anomaly. Because most people are going to leave the average as you leave the space of an M between each word. That's kind of the average. And then there's, <laughs> there's variations from there. And I hear you kind yeah. of giggling. Do you know where I'm going with this? I feel like I do. Uh, <laughs> there's not many spaces in there. There's not really room for M's to put, uh, to put them in there. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Some of it is very, very close together, particularly when you do IM. The I-M looks like one word. There is no space. Your A is actually touching in some places the stem or the bottom bar on your personal pronoun I. When you say to me, there's another spot where it took me a couple of, I actually, when I was just looking at it, I didn't even realize it was two words until I was reading it through for content. And then I'm like, tomb, tome, tame. And it's a good thing, (laughs) Emily, please don't be embarrassed. It's one of the things that it's wonderful and it's delightful. And it's a way that your subconscious wants to always be recognized. And so it's a way of saying, this is who we are. But now you're probably wondering, that's great, but what does it actually mean? Yeah, I'm really curious now. So if we think about the space around each word, it's actually symbolic of the space that the person needs. How much physical space do you require? So the bigger the space somebody has, it means the more space they need between people. They're going to be a little bit more of an isolationist, somebody who prefers their solitude. They're going to want to be the people, you know, they're going to stand on the outside of the room, not wanting to be the center of attention. So as we get smaller and smaller, it indicates that this person needs less and less space from other people. So for you to have your words together like that, what that's simply showing me is that you have narrow to non-existent word spacing And it says that you really like to have people around you. I would say that for you, this COVID and social distancing and all of the limits, that is the hardest part for you. Low-key driving me nuts. It's fine. And I would also imagine that for the people who you are in contact with, there's probably going to be friction because you are looking to them to fulfill that need. Whereas normally you might have a big social crew. It's been limited. Yeah. So you're going to be really happy when things open up and you can go out and. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. No idea. I live with my parents and my brother. So that's the majority of who I see. 
my boyfriend I see every once in a while. Not a whole lot. I mean, not as much as I'd like to. But uh, we continuously talk about we can't wait for this all to be done to be able to actually do the things we want to do and interact with people. And and my, my grandparents live across the street from me, too. But, you know, they're fragile in their age. And so us coming over is just not really an option. We stand outside and say our hellos, but it's just not the same as what we would normally do, you know? Yeah, it's really not. You're not going to have the same kind of social interaction. You're not going to have those same kind of conversations. Which, by the way, is a really big clue to your love language. Yes. And your love language is not acts of service. That much we know. No. The other thing is, while you are a very social being, it also causes you some anxiety with social boundaries and social experiences. There is some anxiety and tension in there where you sometimes feel a little bit unsure of what's going on and what's expected of you. So I think there's a bit of a push and pull for you of wanting to be around people, but you also want to be around the people that you know. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship going to conferences. I love conferences because I like to meet people, but in the same regard, I don't, I don't know how to act in a conference. I don't know how to just walk up to somebody and start talking to them. Like I always, when I go, I like, I need a little buddy with me and then like, they'll show me where to go and who to talk to. Yeah. That is such a great way to put it, a love-hate relationship, because if you do go with somebody who you can share that experience with, it's going to be amazing because you're going to have then the confidence to actually reach out to other people and you can talk to other people and it's going to enhance your experience. Yeah, definitely. And the way that we really know that that's there for you is you have this um, fairly round writing. There's not a lot of hard angles in your writing. There's lots of roundness to it. And even though you're printing, many of the letters bump into one another. So it's printing, but they bump right into one another and they're touching. And that just shows us that you like to have that communication, but at the same time, it also, you're not exactly sure of what to do in some of these social situations that you're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being open about that. Yeah. I think before we get into your love language, the other thing that we'll take a look at is some of the overall use of the space of the page. Okay, because again, that's something that's unconscious. And so that's for your sample. I really am paying attention to that because you have such stylized handwriting. And it does keep a lot of things. That, I mean, you are in control of what I am seeing through the handwriting itself. But the space is a whole nother story. So that's why I'm looking at it a little bit more deeply than sometimes. And I think what's really quite interesting is your right hand margin. Your right-hand margin is fairly variable. Now, a right-hand margin is always going to be variable. It's very, very hard to have it ruler straight. And in fact, if it was, it would be a red flag for pathology. There'd be like, there's something wrong with this. So I never actually want to see a ruler straight right hand. I do want to see some variance. But yours is actually quite remarkable at how it goes. There's some pretty big extremes between how wide it might be. Like there's one sentence where it's quite a wide right-hand margin to where you almost run off the page. The right-hand margin is very, very narrow. And what that tells me is, is it's quite a variable thing. And it indicates that you do sometimes experience conflict about moving forward and trying new things. And you're going to, again, even when you're looking at trying something new, you're going to alternate between that anxiety and excitement about what's coming up. Yes. And that probably relates to why you like to plan too, is like, if you can plan it, you can control it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. So it's something that, you know, if you can just be aware that that's just part of who you are, it's there, it's natural, it's normal. And really and truly, it's 
two sides of the same coin, right? Anxiety and excitement in your body, it's actually the same response. It's only your brain that interprets it differently. Yeah. I read a book um, just the end of last year and it was everything is figure outable, but there was a chapter in there and it was about, you know, fear and, and about your excuses. And, and it really just gave me some perspective that it's really all in my head, you know, that I can do what I want to do. And you just have to change what your brain is interpreting as fear and switch it back to that excitement that you originally had. And I was like, totally mind blown by the situation. I was like, Marie's really calling me out right now. <laughs> so yeah, no, that, that, that definitely makes sense to me for sure. For sure. There you go. So this is just a reminder of the book. So let's talk about your love language, Emily. Okay. I did at the beginning say that we definitely have signs that we know acts of service, not your love language. Now yours is a little bit harder to know for sure. Partly because when I look at your, you did do some cursive writing and it tells a very different story from your printing. But I also feel like you actually don't use your cursive frequently. I use it to sign my name and that's pretty much all I use it for. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I got. So I thought, you know, that's more of a snapshot of who you were kind of the last time you were consistently using it. And so I'm not really looking at that. I'm taking it right out of the picture when I look at what your love language is. And of course, it's your primary love language that we're looking for. So I'm going to say that your primary love language is quality time. And basically that comes down to the word and letter spacing. You're looking for that connection. You're looking for social interaction, support, understanding, conversations. But you want those conversations not to be advice-based, but attention-based, focus-based. You want to get to the meat of a conversation. And uh, if you're not talking, if you're not communicating, then you're going to start to feel a little bit less loved by somebody. And if you can throw in some words of affirmation into those conversations, you are going to feel extra loved. You nailed it on the head. Yep. Yeah. Quality time is, uh, is huge for me. That's what I got when I took the, the test. And when it came out, when I was answering the questions and then the, the response came out, I was like, yep, that all makes sense. <laughs> all makes sense to you now. So I did actually, I did go and send it to my boyfriend. But I was like, hey, you should take this quiz too. You should read my response. Just, you know, just a little hint here. Yeah, exactly. And so did he? He hasn't yet. No, I sent it to him yesterday, but he's, so he's a nurse. So he works 12 hour shifts all the time. So he's, he's a little tired. So, you know, and that's the wonderful thing is once you know your love language, it just saves everybody time because then he doesn't have to worry about doing acts of service or he doesn't have to worry about giving you gifts. It's like, as long as he knows he's nailing that one. Yeah. And it makes it easier for you too. Once you know his, then you can adjust your way of expressing it. Because if this isn't quality time, you're going to have to learn how do I express it for him so he feels loved. Right. And I definitely feel like, you know, we've been together for six years now, but I do believe that we've still always had that little miscommunication as to, you know, how do we best, how do we most feel like we love each other? Like, how do we, you know, satisfy that? And I don't think we've, we've ever really talked about it, but I mean, you know, I feel like there's always been that little hiccup in every so often that I'm like, why don't you understand that right now? I just want to hug like, or that I just, I don't mind being in the same room as you. I just want to 
I, we can do our own thing, but I mean, we're still together, right? You know, and, and what you just touched on there is something I think really important, Emily, because we all have a primary love language, right? And yours is quality time where you really want that focus time with them one-on-one, but it doesn't eliminate the others. And sometimes we do need the other ones because we're feeling a little bit off balance. We're feeling a little bit out of sorts and we will need just that extra little little dose along the way where you might say, you know what, I really need to hear what you love and appreciate about me right now. I don't feel it for myself, so I need to hear it from you. And I think that's one of the most beautiful gifts of the love language is it gives you that common ground to be able to express. What is it that I need right now? Yeah, for sure. I love that you brought that up. That's such a great point that how do you start to identify this is what I'm feeling? Mm -hmm. Well, all right. So we nailed the love language. The other thing is, yes. did you try to deceive me in your handwriting sample? I did. You did. Now. This is what I'm still learning is how to spot a lie when somebody puts it into their handwriting. So Emily, when I put your writing on a line, so I I always print up a copy and then I start drawing a ruler from the first letter of the sentence to the last to see how does it line up on a line. And in your second paragraph where you're talking about somebody you don't really like, Mm -hmm. we've got a lot of variation. It starts to really go up and down. You kind of curve down and then come back up. But that's when you're talking about somebody you don't like. So it makes sense to start to have a little bit of a variance in your baseline there. And what that shows is when you have that sort of curve in your baseline, it shows that, you know, you start to lose steam, but then you'll pick it up again. So when you're talking about somebody that maybe you don't really like, it makes sense. So I don't think your lie is anywhere down there. But I do think that up here, when you say back in high school, the school does this really weird little, it's like a slide. We have school, (laughs) which is quite unusual because the rest of your writing is pretty much on the level. When you're talking about what you love, it's pretty much on the level until we get into the cursive writing. Then it starts going downhill, but you're also talking about going camping, traveling, cooking, all of the things you don't get to do right now. So it kind of explain why that would be going. (laughs) And then you even out again. So I'm going to say, was it really high school that you met in? It was high school. All right, then. I was in grade 12 and he was in grade 11. Yeah. Okay. So where was it that you were trying to deceive me? It was in the second paragraph, actually. Okay. And the individual that I'm talking about is not a manager of a restaurant. She is actually, her role is an executive director. Okay. And it's for a large corporation. Yeah, because restaurant does that little whole whoosh. It does like a mini little drop down and up again. Yeah, it does a mini little one. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. When I was writing it, I was like, I don't know what to come up with right now. I'm like, will she be able to find it? I'm like, how can I hide it somewhere that it doesn't seem super yeah. obvious yeah right that's awesome. right and I mean you don't we don't know each other either so that's why I was like I don't know what to put right no now. that's all good you did exactly right and what's interesting though it's the same it's the same trait that you're showing in restaurant as you showed in high school because the school goes down and restaurant is so it's the same trait but just a different spot yeah well thank you for doing that that's a really good learning one for me and I can go back to look at it to say where else is the anomaly what else is it that doesn't quite match so that I would know next time. Yeah. So for today's podcast, I'm drinking some of the world's worst coffee. Oh 
<laughs> what's wrong with my coffee pot but it went from percolating the same I have a, a percolating one yeah a little bit old-fashioned but it went from percolating coffee three times before saying it was ready to not doing it at all so I have a very plain oh coffee lame coffee yeah but what about you what are you drinking today to be totally honest with you it's my lovely cup of water very good <laughs> I'm actually I'm not a coffee person I worked at Tim Hortons for three and a half years, never touched it. I don't know. I'm not a coffee person. I'm not a tea person. My two drinks that I have are water and milk. I like it. Keep it simple. This was really fun to be totally honest with you. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me, Emily. It has been delightful to get to know you. Yes. And again, your website is emilynicole.ca or .com? .com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thanks so much, Teresa. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI. Did you know that the best compliment you can give me is a referral to someone else? Please help spread the word about a most unusual tea party and my guest and share it with your network or someone who might find it interesting. If you enjoyed the show and want to know more about graphology and what Teresa is doing, be sure to head over to the website at www.handwritingpi.ca slash hashtag newsletter and subscribe to Handwriting PI's newsletter. You'll get early notice of future guests on the podcast. You'll see full samples of the handwriting and get more tips for analyzing handwriting on your own. And if you have it in your heart, leave a tip in the tip jar found at www.handwritingpi.ca. The Tea Party is professionally edited by the amazingly talented Casey Broda. If you would like to contact her or inquire about her services, look for at Casey Broda on Instagram. That's at C-A-S-E-Y-B-R-O-D-A. And finally, if you want to have an audio handwriting analysis done, like you hear here on the show, send us an email at handwritingpi at gmail.com asking for information about our AHA program. Thanks for listening.